0: <laughs> welcome back to four tow podcast where parents can find encouragement on their journeys through homeschooling i'm your host elizabeth and this is episode 37 we invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories through nuanced conversations and forward thinking and not taking ourselves too seriously everyone's story matters every voice is important
1: life is polarizing but
0: not everything is black and white come join us as we fade to gray fade to gray is available anywhere you listen to podcasts head on over to fade to gray podcast.com for more information today's episode is going to be part two of a homeschool consultation that i did with my friend stephanie and her husband justin if you missed part one go back and listen to episode 36 before jumping into this episode. If you did catch episode 36, that's awesome. Let's jump right in to episode 37 with more questions from Stephanie and Justin.
1: How do you balance your time between your kids, especially we've only got two, um, but our mm-hmm. uh, the, the three and a half year old is going to be he, he, he needs something to do. And yes, we're we're pretty loose with screen time. But I feel like um, mm-hmm. any of the, since March, we've done basically a table time for, for one or both of the kids. I think Justin could probably explain this better because he's the one that does it. But um, it's like, there is a dedicated time to learning every day that we go through. Okay. And with that, um, I, I assume that it will shift a little bit for the school year. But what do you do with like pre-schooling age kids? To try to like sculpt your day to where it's not just parenting the whole time and not teaching.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, I had so with my youngest, she was the hardest one to teach. The older kids, when she was a toddler, that was the hardest, hardest, hardest uh, time for me. Um, she was very demanding of my time. So, what was suggested to me, and it was. I don't know that this is, will be true for every family, but for me, this is what I did. She did not always work with me, but after enough consistency, <laughs> it worked out for us. Where I had a box of toys that were her, that was her school, and we were not we did not play with the toys in that box unless it was school time. And I had a couple of coloring books that were specifically her school books, and I kept them on the same shelf as the other big kids' school books, not with the coloring books. And so then when I I would usually, um, especially when she was little, I would start with reading aloud something. So usually our history or our geography or our science is reading aloud something. Um, and so I would involve her in that so that she could feel like she was part of the group. And if her attention span waned, then she could go off. And as soon as she disappeared, I'm like, all right, guys, we're switching gears. We're moving to grammar. And we go do something that would be more intense with the older kids and let her go play. And when she came back and needed more attention, let's say we're in the middle of math now, I would pull out the box of toys and I would say, here, Kinsley, can you go do your school? Here's your box. And she would play on the floor right at my feet because we're normally at the diagram table doing math. And if she was still needing more to do, go get your school books and she would go get her coloring books and she would color her special pictures and her special school books while we were doing stuff that I needed to focus on the other kids with. Um, It didn't always work, but it helped so much when I did it that way. Um, Usually try to give her a little bit of attention first before we got going or did one of those read aloud times together and then she would lose interest and go play by herself eventually it took a while though
1: you said something about uh the uh, being at the dining room table is there a generally accepted like we have this space for homeschool or does it kind of end up taking over your whole house are there ever, ever any like learning i think they're called manipulatives where you're they're supposed to be for school but they somehow end up in the toy box and it just feels like sure the stuff is just everywhere all the time or like I know that you've also done like videos of your setup, but
0: yeah. What what is I to, your ideal? I need of to that? do a few more of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, ideally I would have a, a proper library where every like all the library books, all the books are in one spot. Um, but that is not the case at our house. Um, we have a relatively open floor plan on the bottom floor, um, and so we've got a massive living room a decent sized dining room and a big kitchen. Um, And then upstairs is just, it's all bedrooms upstairs, Um, three bedrooms and two bathrooms. So we don't have like a proper school space. So my dining room is lined with bookshelves. Um, I have one side is completely school books. The other side is, the other side of the room has a bookshelf with picture books and chapter books like any kind of novel that kids would be into and yeah all the picture books my living room has about my living room has three bookshelves mostly of books for me however there is one shelf that is turning into um, novels uh, for the kids as well and some fun books because I do sell Osborne books and Kane Miller books with Osborne books and more so I have shelves and baskets of books all over my living room Um, we have a, an old wagon that used to be my husband's is full of our games that are more educational games, um, like math and alphabet games and geography games, um, a few puzzles, um, that kind of thing that's in the living room as well. We have a shelf, um, of crayons and pens.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. That was another thing that I generally have a question about because, We don't let the kids have access to just writing materials and stuff because I learned through other parents horror stories of like paint on the walls. And it's not Mm -hmm. like it's the worst thing ever, but it's
0: just an obstacle that I'm trying to avoid. Um, Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Ours is ours is open. So we have markers, crayons. Pens because apparently my my well now five year old she can do she she loves working with pens, especially coloring in adult coloring books with pens. You know, those like mandelas and huh. stuff like that with all the tiny, tiny, tiny little details. Yeah. She loves those. And she loves doing them, but with pen. Um and then crayon. And we have okay. all those, um we have like two big shelves with boxes for each type of utensil I guess I don't know each medium I don't know what its proper name is um, and those are all on those two shelves and they're open and available for them to use and yes we have uh, crayon and marker on our floor and pen marks all over our f- carpet um, and the walls have had various and sundry marker bits um, magic erasers are awesome because they do work to get it off of walls I'm still trying to figure out how to get it out of the carpet my plan is just to replace the carpet when we move <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had this with a uh, our dog chewed on a pen at one Oof. point i'll get back to you because um, we got it out mostly but it was from something in like a um a tips and tricks around the house book Ooh. and i feel like between the two things we got it out enough that i will i have information yeah <laughs> i think it was mostly was it baking soda i think it was like a baking soda paste that you have to let like sit oh. there and like absorb
0: the color I feel like that was the thing that worked the best, but I will look that up a little bit. Let me write that down. Yeah, do that. See, when we do our read aloud times, I'm usually in the living room. I'm sitting on the couch reading aloud to them and they're making notes or coloring. I usually have something for them to color on. Sometimes it's a picture that has to do with whatever we're reading that I just copied off the front of a book or something or copied a picture from the book or copied from Pinterest. Or um, Sometimes I make them draw what they think. Like, oh, we... uh, we were reading about George Washington over the summer and his crossing the Delaware, at that one Christmas that he did that, um, crossing the Delaware River. And so I took took out a an art book that I have that had a picture the, of the famous painting, George Washington crossing the Delaware. I had them look at the painting and then they each drew their interpretation of the painting while I was reading about George Washington crossing the Delaware. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So it was like art study and and history all at the same time. And we were doing it in the living room, which Omar can't stand when, yeah, he doesn't like any of the crayons so uh, being in there. So that's me being a very terrible wife and going against his rules. So yeah, that's me admitting <laughs> that on my podcast. And then, um, yeah, but then when I want them to practice their handwriting, I have them do it in at the table, at the dining room table usually. Um, and then my big girl's, they go through phases where they need things to be quiet. And so I will send them up to their bedroom to do their math if they need things to be quiet because there's just, like I said, like our downstairs is an open floor plan. There's nowhere quiet, especially when I'm working with the littles and they're talking and asking questions. Right. and um, So, yeah, we don't really have like one spot in the house. It ends up being the entire house. And well, even then today, we were on the back porch today doing science with the littles. So we're all over the place. I think that's one reason why those like push cart caddy things, if you go look on Instagram and just look up hashtag homeschool, everybody's showing off their little metal push carts that they've gotten from Oh yeah, all the different places like Ikea or Michaels
1: or whatever that have the same general idea that you can hold like six paper towel rolls per yep, That.
0: I don't yeah. have those, but um, I understand that's why people would want them because then they can take them to whatever room in the house they want to be in. I just feel like I would right. be pushing four carts around my house all day. <laughs> like, I have a cart per kid. You got
1: a little train of carts going behind you everywhere <laughs> you go, and finally you just
0: leave It, it takes four in t- to a whole new level.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? It's one per kid. I mean, that that's the whole... That's so nice and handy. You got a theme going? You're, you're keeping it on brand? Yeah. No
0: thanks. <laughs> oh, paint, by the way. Uh-huh. We have in a special drawer, and it is not allowed out, unless I say so. And it's usually done on the back porch when it's done. <laughs> so paint Fair. is not a thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, one of the first few things that we've gotten is uh, we got the art kit with the Oak Meadow School oh, cool. and it has like watercolor paint, paint and it also really encourages you to use like, use that stuff with your yes. kids. So like it's a, it's a group activity and it's both at the same time. And that means that it's probably going to be me doing it because I don't <laughs> mind being really bad at art. And Justin's
0: like, I'm not going to. Yeah, I hear, <laughs> I hear you, Justin. I <laughs> hear you on that one. I, I I, can understand that, which is one reason why I like put somebody, some masterwork in front of them. Here, this is George Washington crossing the Delaware. You go paint it. Oh, what a great job you did while I read to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I get it.
1: Okay. So, I guess uh, one of the things that I'm wondering is that I, I'm assuming that we are probably not going to be long term homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. And I also assume that we that this year, more than many others, there are a lot of parents that are looking at short-term homeschooling and just trying to figure out, like, do you have any experience with trying to assimilate back into public school for any of the groups that you talk to or the kids that go back and forth between wanting to homeschool for a year or committing to homeschool for a year and then the moving back into a different classroom Sure. Sure.
0: I don't personally have any experience from it, uh, with it. Um, I myself was pulled out of public school in at the end of first grade, and so that was before you guys were in school. <laughs> Maybe before you were born. <laughs> Not that far. Okay. You're, you say you're child children of the '90s, so that makes me think I may have been homeschooled when you were born. Anyway, um, so. Uh, I don't. However, um, I do have some friends who have did it. Um, and I mean, there was, there's always an adjustment period, but it, for most kids, they usually take it. It's no big deal. And usually at the beginning of a year at a public school setting, especially the teachers are doing, um, review for the first month. Yeah. And so if you're worried about your children keeping up, um, that they will be fine next year when they go back. I really think they will be. Also, I've been talking to a lot of public school teachers this year as they prepare, and they're already worried about the remedial, like, going back into this year because they have to make up for everything that got lost last year. And it's been an extra long, quote-unquote, vacation. Um, Not that it really has been, you know, but, I mean, most people stopped going to school in March. And so it's been how many months And if they're going back in September, like a lot of the schools here closed in March and they are not opening again until September. So how many months is that? Like, I'm talking too much, so I can't figure it out. But that's more than two months. And so the teachers are thinking like they're basically. That's a whole six months. Okay, so they are basically going to be redoing if the child is in third grade, the first at least the first two, three months of their schooling is going to be covering half of second grade before they even get to the third grade stuff. So this year especially, if you take your kids uh, out of public school and are going to be homeschooling them, they'll probably be well ahead of their peers next year when the kids are going into the next grade. So let's, say, let's say that third grader this year, or well, your second grader this year, he's going to be so far ahead of them because they're going into third grade the following school year, but they're still going to be working on, I-, I can't even imagine second
1: grade material right
0: Right.
1: well because i even remember like my high school calculus Mm -hmm. class uh, my teacher used a college level book and he said you know he goes as far into it as he could every year because that was just his mo and i remember in like april of the year he's like this is the least amount of material we've ever covered in one year (laughs) a thanks for the confidence boost b it's just it's always a little bit different and i i understand that and like educationally different states have different benchmarks for progress right. and i get that but and even also, school
0: districts within the same state
1: oh yeah yeah and the um for texas i know that the the standardized testing is a big deal and that's something that we haven't really had to deal with because we were we used a private school last year and I can' I, I don't I can't wrap my head around how they're going to actually prepare for the public school typical testing regimen this I year know. because of how much has been lost and how much has been shifted and how much stress the kids are under from just trying to get through a pandemic. Right. right i just
0: i can't either like my heart goes out to those teachers like i'll be fine my kids are going to be fine i'll be fine like we miss all of our extracurriculars it's still hard being a homeschooler during the pandemic but as far as my kids education i'm not worried
1: right okay well he is not being very helpful as far as questions (laughs) is there anything else
0: that you would like to talk about me oh no i'm here for you
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay um all right. Well, I think that as far as like the general feeling of of this is where we're starting, and kind of especially knowing, sorry for the paper noises. Uh, if I if I don't have it in front of me, I can't to it. The knowing what your your kind of day to day looks like, and knowing how much time you're spending in any particular subject is really helpful because then sure. we can if. Finding out what the new normal is for us is also finding out like what other people's normal is and
0: kind of adjusting off of that. Absolutely. So that's really helpful. You know what? I will add to Let me add to that real quick. Let me add to that real quick because I am the primary stay-at-home parent. However, I work two days a week, plus I podcast, and I have several online meetings throughout the week during times when my husband's at his normal job. I say 9 to 5, but I want to say 9 to 5, but that's not really his hours. Um, Mm -hmm. So there are days, like, for example, Wednesdays, my kids don't do school on Wednesdays because they're being babysat by a friend. Um, Now, could she do school with them? Sure. But I don't want to have to put her through homeschooling four kids plus her own child um, when she's not used to that. Like, if she were a well-seasoned, oiled machine, sure, maybe, but... I'm not going to do that to her. Um, Thursdays, my mom watches the kids. And now my mom has homeschooled many children throughout the course of her life. Um, But again, she doesn't know our routine. So... I do send the kids to her house with some work, but I always have it very well written out. Like, mom, I need my oldest daughter to do one page of math. I need my second daughter to read this to you. I need my son to write his name three times. (laughs) I need my youngest daughter needs to tell you what colors the primary colors are. I mean, like, it's very uh, boiled down. So she maybe works with them for an hour when she's at their house. But I'm still able to count it technically as a day of school because they're doing learning. And then she usually will have them like bake something or sew something. And so there's your home ec for the year and you're good to go. Um, so, then, so then by Friday, um, by Fridays, I usually aim to have all of their math and grammar done for the week. Um, and then I can just do history and science with them all day if I want to. Or we can relax or, you know, it's... So that four-hour school day, it happens Monday and Tuesday for sure. Sometimes on Saturday, um, and on Friday, I'm doing we're doing catch-up work, and we're not doing school on Wednesday. So it's, it's, it's so in, like I'm I feel like I'm very inconsistent for as consistent as I tried to be. Um, but we get all of our school done in the time within a course of a year, so I'm really not worried about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. We need to take the pressure off ourselves.
1: It's also hard because I'm sitting, I'm like nodding along. Justin can like, a, a tr- you know, attest to this from the back of the room. Like I am like, I've I've got you, but I'm also not making any noise. So that doesn't really help. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but uh, I think that's interesting. So like, typically you're working at least four days a week, basically full, like your, your school week is basically four days a week. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, But it varies a little bit between what days get emphasized more and you are also taking a break in the middle of the week. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, I don't expect anything to get done on Wednesday. And then there's usually one day on the weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, that my husband and I are doing all the podcasting. It's usually Sunday, not always, but usually. uh, Like, for example, this last weekend was Saturday. Um, So I don't expect to do any school on those days. So. Yeah, it's usually four days a week. Usually, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Friday for sure. Thursday sometimes, and then one day over the weekend, maybe. <laughs> I'm so wishy washy. We're going to pause the interview right there and come back to this. So be sure to subscribe to Four Into Podcast on the podcast apps of your choice to make sure that you don't miss the continuing conversation that I had with Stephanie and her husband, Justin. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode. If you would like to have a homeschooling consultation with me, please reach out and get some more information about joining the 4 in Toe podcast Patreon group, the Kids in Tow. I've been working to set up this community to be able to help parents on their journeys through homeschooling beyond just a podcast. I have a Facebook group that I've set up that has helps and tips, units, and resources available. I also have a book club where we meet weekly to discuss a book as a group of parents, or we do a book study with our kids as well. I also have a planners level where if you are struggling with planning your homeschooling and staying on track, I have a planner and I can give you some face-to-face Zoom time, helping you plan and schedule your homeschool year. It will be helps throughout the year to keep you on track as you progress through this coming school year. If that sounds like something you'd like to join, please go to patreon.com backslash 4 podcast and sign up for one of the levels. I can't wait to walk on this journey with you. So until next time, have a great homeschooling week. And remember, Mama, you've got this.